Behind the men and women who serve our country are fearless leaders who live in the shadows. They stay up late nights praying, worrying, and waiting for phone calls, filling out mountains of paperwork, and keeping research folders on experimental services. But more importantly, they patiently love our heroes back together again. Welcome to your community. No matter what stage you're at, we're here to provide expert resources, faithful support, and real-life insight into how you can move from managing to living your best life. Your hosts, Libby Bates and Erin McCauley, found one another in opposite sides of the country in different stages, but with a common struggle. Together, with outside guests and experts, we'll open the resources and support you need. Let's get to the episode. What's up, listeners? Thanks for joining us and tuning in. Today, we have a special guest with us. Actually, a couple special guests. So Aaron and I actually met for the very first time this week at Caregivers on the Homefront. We are in Texas, Weatherford, Texas. So I flew down to Oklahoma, picked Aaron up, we got a convertible and we hit the road. We did. And y'all, she didn't like the Oklahoma roads or the Texas roads. They're so confusing. But she did get to try fried pies and it's been a really great time. So guys, what we are at right now, we are at a mental health and wellness retreat with caregivers on the home front. And really what this is, they host these all around the country and it is to bring together these wonderful groups like our guest today, Patricia, who we're going to talk to. And we've decided to come and share these stories. We're going to be documenting these events, sending out uh, pictures and videos to try to get you guys a little bit more involved in what's going on in our veteran community here. And we're going to do that by sharing stories. So we have Patricia with us here. Welcome, Patricia. Thanks for having me. How are you enjoying your time here at the retreat? Are you having a good time? I'm having a lot of fun. It's been nice and relaxing and great to meet with all these other caregivers and know that I'm not alone. That was probably the biggest reason that we started this podcast because Libby and I each felt so alone. Even before we met one another, we just felt incredibly alone. And it gave us a lot of uh, hope to know that there were people out there like us and with us because together we can be stronger instead of, I don't know, sometimes it feels like you're just way out there on your own, flopping away in the water. And almost like nobody cares, but it's not that they don't care. They don't understand. They don't understand. And maybe they don't know is a lot of it too. Hey folks, Libby here behind the service. I wanted to give a big shout out to our sponsor, BetterHelp, for sponsoring our podcast. As a veteran caregiver related podcast, we cover a lot of sensitive topics and difficult issues that our families experience while caring for our veteran. One of the biggest challenges caregivers often face is the isolation and loss of self once becoming a caregiver. Maneuvering through all of the chaos in today's society can be quite debilitating, so reaching out to someone who is qualified to help can be a starting point in moving forward. And that's why I'm proud to announce our connection with BetterHelp.com. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com. BetterHelp.com is one of the leaders in online counseling and will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. So this is a great opportunity 
to talk to somebody and you don't even have to leave your own couch to sit on someone else's. If you go to betterhelp.com forward slash behind the service, you can be connected to a therapist in under 48 hours. If you're not comfortable talking over the phone, you could start by texting. They have video chat options, real-time phone options, and you meet weekly at the discretion of your counselor. Now, this is not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It is a professional therapy done securely online. It is someone who is trained in handling veteran-related issues and can help you tackle that mountain of struggles together rather than alone. If you go to betterhelp.com forward slash behind the service, you will automatically be put in for a discount code of 10% off your first month of therapy. If you do not see the 10% off automatically, just put in the discount code behind the service as that also gives you your 10% off. And if you are experiencing financial hardships, let them know there is financial aid available in the form of an extra discount. Again, that is BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com forward slash behind the service. They are great at what they do. And what they do is help veteran families to be well. Let's talk about you. I want you to talk about you not as a caregiver, but Patricia as the person. Like, who is Patricia? I would have to say I'm definitely a mom of two wonderful boys, and I am definitely married, obviously. And I'm just a very outgoing person. I love to I love to meet new people. I love to get to know new people. I love to try new things I've never tried before. Even if it's scary, I usually will try and push myself to do it. I just love to be out there, I guess you could say. I that's me. Out so you're outgoing. Yes. Very I did outgoing. I dig that because I'm so outgoing. I love people. I'm definitely a people person, sometimes to a fault. Now do you work or do you have a job outside of the home? So realistically, I don't work, but recently my father passed away. So I actually am now running his, his business. So I guess in a sense I work again right now, but I haven't worked in years. It's very hard to hold down a job whenever you're taking care of your husband and or children. Oh, I'm so sorry to hear about your dad. Thank you. Yeah. Did that seem like it was a lot of responsibility to take care of uh, a new business? Did you run that business? So my dad's a taxidermist or was a taxidermist. (gasps) (laughs) And so growing up, obviously saw them mounting the mounts and doing things like that. And whenever I was 14, 15, he had me do typing on the computer for him or whatnot. But over the years, anytime anybody tried telling him how to run his business, he's, this is what it works. This is how we're going to do it. Don't tell me how to run my business. So whenever I walked in after he passed away, I literally shut the tax service down for two months so I can upgrade everything and get everything organized so that I can understand where everything is. So right now I literally go in maybe twice a week and I tell my tax service exactly what needs to be done. We're working hand in hand, but to go from not working to now working, it, it it's definitely been a shift change. But yeah, like I'm adjusting it. That's good. That's good. So, but yeah. you're a veteran caregiver and we adjust accordingly, right? Resilient. Exactly. Yes, exactly. Yes. <laughs> we're like rubber bands. We just get right back to the way that we were. One thing I want to focus on so you're a veteran caregiver and you've got how many kids at home? We have two at home. Two at home. So you got here on Friday and you leave on Sunday. What did it take for you to get here? Did you just get in the car and go or 
How'd that work? So realistically, whenever Sean contacted me and let me know that I was approved for this weekend, it was back in early May. And I literally put it in my calendar and I looked at my husband. I'm like, okay, we've got to figure this out. And it's not just for the last two months, I have been anxious about this whole weekend. I have to get his meds in order. I have to make sure the kids have food situated and they're teenagers and they can fend for themselves and they're fine. But then I also have to think, I have to set up my kids and be like, Hey, dad's going to need your help to make sure he takes his meds. Dad might need your help to do this. And it, it was more or less trying to make sure he was set up. And I made sure like my mom's checking in on my husband and my kids, my sister checked in on them. I, every day, literally for the last two months, I've been like, don't forget, I'm going to this weekend. I'm doing this. I'm doing that. Even the day of he had been getting sick and he's, I'm like, I'm not going to go. He's no, you're going to go. You need to have this. You need to do this. And I'm like, are you sure? And so at the end, he was pushing me more because I was too anxious and scared that everything was going to fall apart. I do not believe he's had his medicine since I've been gone. I have texted him to remind him he probably did miss at least one of the two doses. And that's all it is, is two doses. But I can't just get up in the vehicle and take off. I literally have been packing on and off throughout the last couple of weeks. Literally have been making sure he knows I'm leaving and setting everything up. Got anxious that he didn't have activities to do. Because if he gets bored, then he gets depressed or he, anything. So it's, it was not easy, but I did it. You know what I loved about that is that he encouraged you to still go because you were questioning whether or not you should even go because of all the responsibilities that you have at home as a veteran caregiver. But I love that he was encouraging you to come because he knew that you needed that time away. So I, I dig that a lot. Because I think a lot of people don't recognize the responsibilities that veteran caregivers actually have to do on a regular basis, really. I think it's hard, too, for people, which listeners, you can't see us, but this young, beautiful lady here right next to us is Libby and I's age, somewhere around maybe 40 years old. So this isn't... We, none of us ever sat here and thought we would have to be making sure that our husband, this young, was doing his medicine and eating proper food and... This is stuff we expected at 80. This is not something that you really expect. So I love too that he was pushing you to help, you know, yourself with wellness and to help yourself restore because I think it's hard for them to see what we go through because I know like my husband it's probably the one of the worst things because they love us and they know that this is hard for us and that's hard for them. And so that's beautiful that yeah. he encourages you. I love that. Yes, it has definitely um, evolved over the last few years because I would say three years ago, if I needed to do something like this, it probably wouldn't have been as encouraging because he wouldn't have known it because he's scared too. It's an anxious thing, me not being there, me not being able to take care of that. Even last night, he's, I'm not sure how to use the Instapot. So I literally called him and walked him through it just so he could have his dinner. But caregiving is not the same day to day. It definitely fluctuates. There's not, even right now he could be perfectly fine. And in 30 minutes, something could have set him off. I just never know. It so, could be something as little as you don't expect, like the wrong person coming to the door. Mm -hmm. and Or even the wrong person make it, calling him, mm -hmm. setting his phone off, the neighbor's dog barking. It could be anything. So no, there is no normal day in the life of a caregiver. So how long have you been a caregiver to your veteran? 18 years. 
18 years. Now, how, how old are you? God, you look like you're 18. Yeah, I was all saying she's like 35. <laughs> Doesn't she? Yeah, she, she looks really young. Yeah. So I'm 40. Okay. What? Yeah. I just turned 40. Dude, you don't look 40. No, you Thank don't. You. And you've been together for a long time. I have to say that. So how did you hear about caregivers on the home front, and particularly like this retreat and them as an organization? What brought you there? So I actually have a couple friends that participated in caregivers in the, in the home front in Missouri. They were telling me about them and everything else. I'm like, I've never heard of them. So I actually applied to be at that a couple of times. And they're like, and I'm like, I got denied again. They're like, don't give up. So a couple of my friends told me about them. And so whenever y'all, they came to Texas, I was one of the first ones that they contacted and was like, okay, are you able? I'm like, I am there. It took me no time to say yes. If you can get to the retreat, if you're close to that area, they send those caregivers. It's also purposely small. I will say that this group is, uh, there's 13 and for the amount of material that we cover and for the type of space that we're in, I think it would be a little bit overwhelming to have 50 even 30 women. So I think that they do deny them for that, but they're coming back to Texas. So they're all over the place. And what I think is interesting that you said that is actually on the car ride back, we just had a team building activity. And in the on the car ride back, one of the caregivers said it's more intimate and it's more comfortable to to be able to be vulnerable with people when there's not such a large group. When it's a small intimate group like that, you have the ability to to be more transparent and be more open and be more vulnerable with people. And that's where the real healing begins is when we're able to talk about the root of the issues that we do face as veteran caregivers. So I think one thing is interesting. We went, one of the activities we did today was to talk about ourselves, and that's really hard to do, to tell your own story without talking about your veteran or talking about your duties as a caregiver. And that was, it was really eye-opening. A lot of strong women though, but that would be hard to do that in a big, in a big group. It'd be hard to do too, if even if you're a matched group, broke off into small groups, unless that small group was together the whole time. Because, so I like this. And you can take the people with you when you go and they're all out of the same area. Yeah. So hopefully build some more contacts and really make your tribe bigger because I don't think there's anything better in the veteran caregiver space than having a friend that you can count on and that you can feel comfortable being transparent with. Completely agree. And I can honestly tell you if this group was any bigger, I don't think I would have let down a couple of the walls I have because it's not easy to do that. And for so long, for 18 years, I have felt like the outside world has judged me because they don't understand the obstacles I have encountered. And whenever I tell them, I usually get the easy, you need to go elsewhere. You need to do this instead of the, how can we help you? How like, and here I just feel like we're, we all understand each other. Even if it's all different paths, we all understand each other. Yeah, It happens so easily because honestly, we've been together a little over 24 hours and we've all been able to really bond in ways that we couldn't have done this with someone who hasn't been in our shoes at one time or another. Right. Yeah. Girl, I wasn't getting on there. 
12, 15 feet above the ground at our team building activity with anybody else, I don't think, but I'll do it with y'all. <laughs> okay. Right? okay, so yeah, team building activity. Talk about that, girls, because you guys were like balling and we'll post pictures and <laughs> so, video because I got that. Patricia and I, so we went to this place, all of us, not just Patricia and I, but we went to this place where you do team building activities and there was a lot of different things that they did. One of them was that we got in this harness and we were about 12, 15 feet above the ground. And it was one of them obstacle courses that you go through. She's cute. 12, 15 feet. <laughs> was it higher than yes, that? Yes, ma'am. That was okay. higher than 12 to 15 oh, feet. <laughs> well, I couldn't look down. I was too scared. And your harness in and the floor's moving. And it's like pieces of wood. It's not like regular ground. And you're swaying back and forth. I did, though, I felt like that American Ninja or Warrior. You yeah, know, American Ninja Warrior. Something they would show on evening TV. I felt a lot like that. I did feel pretty powerful. But it was scary. Oh, yes. Beyond belief scary. I'm completely 100% scared of heights. I cannot even do monkey bars. And that's only, what, a foot off the ground. We were easily 30 to 40 feet off the ground. <laughs> Dude, Patricia and I were hot sweating. It was bad, y'all. We were, I was like, just put your foot down one more time. It's okay. You can do it. And we would, she's like, I can't. And I was the same way. I don't know. What were we thinking? Let's go back down. But we made it all the way to the zip line and we zip lines. Together. Yes, together. So you talked a little bit about your mom is checking on your family, your veteran and your kids and your sister went by. Do you have any other support system or what does your support system look like? Honestly, in the 18 years that we've been together, our main support system has been in the last three to five years. And that would be my mom. And then outside of my mom, it would be my sister. Um, as much as I love his family and everything else, they haven't quite understood the PTSD and the TBI. They do their best to support it's hard to deal with mental illness if you don't understand it because a lot of times your natural instinct does make it worse and you have to be pretty well informed, which is hard, I think, sometimes for family. It's very hard. Thankfully, over the years, his, his family, like his mom and his sister have really come around and they're really starting to see it, especially more with his sister recently. She's really trying to understand it. Thankfully, my niece, she is 31. Her and I actually have a relationship, so she sees it. So whenever her mom's not seeing it, she's mom, your brother's going through this or whatnot. Yeah, she helps. And there. so I do have that outside of those few people. We really don't have a support system. Um, I joined Facebook groups with other spouses. And as at first I enjoyed it and I'd be in there and I'd be following it and everything else. But they tend to take a turn for the worse because so many women are just all the bad and no good. And it just gets draining sometimes reading it. So I just step back. <laughs> that, that makes a lot of sense because we hear that from a lot of caregivers. A lot of it's spouses. easy to do too. It is. I know I can get on the negative and say I can oh, yeah. just go to town, y'all. Oh, yeah, <laughs> dude. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> if you get in that ne negative headspace, you're just like, oh, like, seriously, I'm over this dude. But you can't stay in that headspace. You can't. Yeah, I can't go. Yeah. Anyway. No, yeah, you can't. It's, and it's hard to turn around, but turning it around and I think the difference is the headspace. It is positive and negative, and you can have, you can face negativity with a positive mindset 
And it looks like challenge. You have to use a little different words and it's less defeating. And I find that you can make it to the other side. Whereas before when I would sit in negative mind spaces and still do, I don't really go anywhere but down. It yeah. doesn't motivate me anywhere positive. No. Exactly. And then it affects the people that are around you. It affects your veteran. Yeah, that's the biggest thing. It affects thing. yourself. Yes. Oh, yeah. It, it affects you more than anybody because you're, and initially, you're the one holding everything together. And if you're in that negative headspace, then your family, your veteran, your children, they're all going to sense that. And then it actually brings everybody down. And then whenever you start getting peppy, you may have already triggered your veteran. So it's not going to get any better for a while that those are never easy to come out. It's like duct tape that loses a stick. Yes. Yeah. It just all falls apart from there. Yeah. (laughs) All right. If you haven't heard of caregivers on the home front, go to their website and check them out. Sign up for a retreat and resources. They provide counseling which is great. I think that's awesome. But as far as other resources, what are other resources that you've utilized over the last 18 years to help you as a caregiver? Well, truthfully, my husband is a pre 9-11 vet. There are very few resources, honestly. So Mm -hmm. we are part of the forgotten. So that has actually played a sense into my husband's depression and mine, because we do try and apply for caregiver retreats or veteran retreats or anything that can help him and or myself. And we get denied because we are pre 9-11. He served Gulf War Desert Storm era. We put up the yellow ribbons. I know. It breaks my heart. It makes my heart sad. Yeah. So with that being said, we tend to, um, I don't really have resources. The only resources that we ever actually have been able to capitalize on for us is Project Sanctuary. They are available to all eras. We did that as a family. That was the best thing we ever did that. We did that two years ago. So literally for the first 16 years of our marriage, I had no resources at all. Um, So I felt defeated a lot. Sure. I can imagine. And listeners that aren't aware of the military, like even the GI Bill, there's the post 9-11. Everything is split into 9-11 before and after as far as benefits go. Which I don't understand. Like, I just really don't get that about that. I just really don't because if you've served, right, there should not be a difference. You know what I mean? So I just don't understand that at all. It's very, like I said, it's very heartbreaking. And it's not just that, but there's even like the caregiver program where it's post nine eleven, post nine eleven caregivers ha- could possibly get paid. I'm a pre nine eleven, and I am after seventy six. I think is the new date they just added into the caregiver program. So I'm still in this window of I do not get paid to take care of my husband, which he is my husband, and I know I took on that responsibility. But is it? It is a lot of responsibility at times, and we as caregivers some of us are not able to work as much as we tried. I have been in and out of jobs numerous times. And for myself, I was a very independent person. That is who I was. I enjoyed working. I loved working. I'm a people person. And so taking that from me, it's been rough, but I got through it, obviously. But our biggest thing is not having the resources for us as caregivers. I mean, when did you even, how long were you caregiving before you even knew what that word? I think honestly from almost... 
year 16, 17, I was pretty much his caregiver without realizing I was his caregiver because I just thought I was doing the wifely duties. And then I start, everybody's like, no, you're caregiving because you're doing this and you're doing that. Like they were like listening and I'm like, but any wife should do that. And then they're like, but are you able to go to work without freaking out? My anxiety was always through the roof. Same. The second I walked out the door. Yeah. You didn't know um, what you're going to come home. Exactly. To. What you're going to walk into. But yeah. it's not even walk, coming home. It's even five minutes after I left the house. Am I going to get that phone call of where are you at? I don't know where this is. Is he already spiraling? Mm-hmm. And that's how it used to be and still is at times. Like I said, I was anxious about this weekend. He's the one reassuring me everything's okay. That's good. I like that you have that beauty between the two of you. So what is a gap that you see with the resources that are available? We talked about post 9-11 and pre 9-11. Do you see any other ones? Are you, do you get any of the education benefits or do you get any of that? You Um, as a caregiver? So I am on CHAMP VA, which is medical insurance or whatnot, because he is 100%. Do you get chapter 35 GI bill? I believe I do. But from what I understand, I have to actually take hold of it within 10 years of him being diagnosed 100% PNT. I did not know that I was not with him at the time. So technically I'm not going to get that from, but I've heard that in Texas, there is a Hazelwood act. I just haven't checked into it. I know my kids are taken care of if they want to go to college, 100% our kids are taken care of. So we do have those which are big, which is awesome. It's just, if you don't know how to utilize them and get to them, that's where the problem lies. And you heard about the Hazelwood from this retreat this weekend, correct? Yes. I heard about it earlier today. I had seen the word or whatnot, but I didn't know the word. Yeah. (laughs) So I actually told the other caregiver I was going to pick her brain because I'd like to know more about it. And that's what's great about this retreat here is that you guys can share these resources among each other. And you can talk about, hey, I've tried this for myself. So I think that's a really great benefit to attending a weekend retreat like this. You're not only working on your own self, your own mental health and wellness, but you're also utilizing other caregivers' experiences to help you in your journey. So I dig that. I Mm -hmm. dig that a lot. Yeah. I like that too. Yeah. All right. So if you knew then what you know now about caregiving, what would you tell yourself? To be patient. That's a good one. I would definitely tell myself to be patient because at the very beginning, I was not patient at all with him or myself. I would get angry at myself because I wasn't doing it the way I thought it needed to be done. So yeah, I would definitely say be patient and that everything's going to be okay. You just have to take it one step at a time. Be patient don't get angry at yourself. Don't get angry at your vet. Just know it's okay and you're not alone. I love that. I love that too. It kind of ties into the last question that we have on here, which is if you could leave our listeners, our caregivers with a word of advice, what would it be? So do you have something additional that you would add to that? My biggest word of advice is to make sure that you take care of you. And that you do take care of your family. But first and foremost, you have to take care of yourself. I did not do that at the beginning. And so I ended up losing myself. And every day it's a battle to find myself. But I'm so patient. I'm very hopeful for the future. We are doing fantastic. There is hope as long as you 
are patient with yourself. Really, honestly, just be patient with yourself. You're doing nothing wrong. Nothing you do is wrong. Everything you're just doing what you know to do. And you are 100% not alone. Yeah, that's so true. You have 13 plus five staff here. So you have like, what is that? 13 and five. It's been a really long day. Don't judge me. (laughs) You have 18 other women, 17 minus yourself, 17 other women to, to let you know that you aren't alone, that there are people that care that experience some of the same similar situations that you do. And we're all, we're all on the same team. It ties in perfectly to our Bible verse that we're going to read coming up. You know what, Aaron, I dig that about God because in all transparency, listeners, we've been gone all day. We've been doing this and that, and we had planned to do interviews at this retreat. And we typically plan verses prior to interviews. And I I choose them purposely because God leads me to those verses. And I looked over at Erin just briefly a moment ago and I'm like, we don't have a verse picked out. And she's, yes, I do. I'm like, yes, I I picked one. And the reason I picked this one, I picked this one for Patricia because Patricia was my partner today. And we also rode together in the car for two hours. So we've gotten to know each other pretty well. And I thought this really just encompassed your purpose here. Um, You've been absolutely a pleasure to get to know. I hope that you stay in touch with us because I think that you'll make an amazing friend of ours. And if you aren't, that's too bad. We're going to follow you around. And stalk you. Yeah. (laughs) And we've got your email address and your phone number and there's nothing you can do. We're going to text you and and prank call you if you don't talk to us. No, just kidding. In all seriousness, she's she's been very positive. She's been an absolute joy to be around. Knowing that she's, as people like you are in our tribe makes my heart happy. And so that's why I chose this verse. It comes out of Ephesians chapter four, and it starts with verse two, always be humble and gentle, be patient with each other, making allowances for each other's faults because of your love. So not make allowances because you're so great or make allowances so everybody can see how deficient they are, but make allowances for each other's faults because of your love. Make every effort to keep yourselves united in the spirit, binding yourselves together with peace. For there is one body and one spirit, just as you have been called to one glorious hope for the future. There is one Lord, one faith, one baptism, and one God and Father who is over all and in all and living through all. And I just thought that was really representative of what you've brought this weekend and what I've got to know over the past. It's been hard for you. I know it's hard for me. It's hard for Libby to come on here and talk and be so open and so uh, vulnerable, but you've done it united in the spirit and you've done it with a peaceful manner and in the positive manner. And I'm certainly glad that you're on our team. Thank you all for having me. (laughs) We love to have you. Yes. All right, listeners, thanks for listening to Behind the Service Podcast. If you enjoyed today's show, will you leave us a review? It helps you find this podcast. And remember, subscribe. We'll talk to you next week. 